0: Hi, and welcome to Wildly Successful Law Firm, the podcast series. I'm Nermeen Jasani, your host. I am going to really quickly, in 10 seconds, introduce myself, introduce you to this podcast, and we're gonna get right into the meat and potatoes of this episode. So I am a lawyer turned law firm consultant Back in 2013, I had my own law firm in New York City, and I did everything the wrong way, the way that you're not supposed to do things. I charged by the hour, I just had one client, and I was just having feast and famine months, and that was not the way that I wanted to be a lawyer, especially since I came from in-house counsel, and I had beautiful biweekly paychecks, hit my bank account, and I had paid vacation. So when I started to work for myself, All of that had completely switched and I felt like I was drowning. And at the time, there were no law firm consultants and if there were law firm consultants, I definitely could not afford one. So this podcast series is really for those law firm owners that are trying to figure out where to go, how to grow, and this podcast is gonna show you exactly how to do that. So let's get right into it with first defining what wildly successful even means, right? So yes, it's a totally gimmicky name, right? Like wildly successful law firm. We all have heard of Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week. We've all probably heard of Ramit Sethi and I will teach you to be rich, right? So when I was looking for names for my business, I was in Google hell, right? I was like, what do you call your business? I was like, do I do it with my name like I did with my thought practice? Like, what do I want to call this thing? And side note, years ago, I had a tech startup that I called Lumel. Ugh, I just cringe hearing it now because I'm like what does that even mean and how are people supposed to know what I was doing? I was trying to be a little obscure Like Google and Apple, you know, they're these ubiquitous names now But like back then they were definitely not that but it was obscure enough where you know You could kind of figure out what it was but not really and it just sounded cool So I think I was trying to do that and I definitely didn't want to do that this time around right so I just kept thinking like, what do I want to accomplish? What do I want my clients to achieve? What What do I want for them? And it hit me and that's when I was like, okay, I want them to have success, but it wasn't enough to just have success i wanted all of my clients to be wildly successful so now let me tell you a little bit how i define success so as we already know success is so wide ranging right for some people success might be the amount of money in their bank for some people success is not just the money in their bank, but what they drive, what they wear. For some people, it's where they travel, especially if you're on Instagram. That's like literally all you were bombarded with pre pandemic, of course. And, you know, for other people, success looks like, you know, a big house and sending the kids to private school. And it is so different for everyone. So when I started to look at what success means for me, I'll be honest. Success because I'm a lawyer and also my parents are immigrants. Um, Hello. My name is Ramin Jasani, right? So What I realized was that for me success for a really long time was tied to money, right? You're a lawyer. You are successful. It is an identity You make a lot of money like that is how you define success. You have the Mercedes you have the nice bags, right? like that's how it's defined and for me when i really untied what success looks like from money from you know what society tells us success is supposed to mean for lawyers what success is supposed to mean for you know children of immigrants right and when i took all of that out of it and i really sat down and asked myself okay nerves what is success for you like what do you define success as and this like The clouds parted, and angels were singing, and it was this incredible moment because it just hit me. Success, for me, has everything to do with freedom, right? I want freedom. When I was practicing law in-house counsel, and when I had my own practice, you know, there was no freedom, right? Like, When I worked in house counsel, there was no freedom because I had to go into the office. I had to work on contracts based on the schedule of the company and not based on what my mood was and what I wanted to do things and what I felt like it was a priority because I had, you know, the GC telling me what my priority was. And when I had my own practice, I noticed that, you know, I left being in house counsel so I could have more freedom with my own practice, but even then, I didn't have the freedom to choose my clients because I was just trying to survive, right? I took on whatever work I could take because I was just like, how am I ever gonna pay the bills? How am I ever going to do anything if I'm gonna sit here and be picky about who I'm working with? So when I sat down and I really thought about it, like freedom was the thing that to me means the ultimate success. And my freedom, how I define it today, is I have freedom in choosing my clients, the kind of work I do for them, the kinds of engagements I enter with them, whether it's two months or one-on-one or it's group coaching or whatever that looks like. I have the freedom to choose that. I can choose when I wanna work and I can choose like it, when I'm gonna be on vacation. To be honest, I take three vacations a year at minimum, and those are about uh, once every quarter, and I'm gone for usually around seven to 15 days. Now, I might be on a vacation for the seven days, but the other like seven or so days, I'm here in my home, I am thinking about where i want my practice to go and how i want to grow my business and so i use that quote-unquote vacation time as really like strategic time to clear make sure i'm on the right path make sure i've got the kind of business that gives me freedom and flexibility so for me freedom was the thing that was the thing that i had always wanted and it wasn't tied to money necessarily for me because I know, you know, as a lawyer, I'm supposed to want to have the Mercedes, I guess. Um, for me personally, I had, I've never had an interest in luxury cars like that. When I was growing up, I had a crappy BMW that broke down on me all the time, and it cost more to maintain it than it would have to just scrap the whole thing and get a new car so ever since that experience i've just been completely tainted i refuse to buy luxury cars that cost an arm and a leg to fix I have a very reasonable Mazda that was a used Mazda and I absolutely love it because every time I turn that car on I'm guaranteed it's going to turn on. I'm also guaranteed that it's going to work and that nothing's going to be wrong with it and that if I ever need to take it to the dealership it's not going to cost me an arm and a leg. So for me, the idea of having a luxury car just means, oh my god, this is going to be a lot of work and I just don't want to deal with it. I would rather have something that's reliable. Now when it comes to having like some big mansion in malibu i have no interest in that i like the beach but i don't love the beach like that and for me it's it's not about having a fancy home like that for me it's about having a home that actually feels like a home so for my condo that i live in right now it was really important for me to be able to hire a designer to help me make this space how I wanted it to look and feel. So again, it has nothing to do with the size of my place or necessarily even like the location of it, right? But you know, it had everything to do with like, I wanted to look and feel and feel like personalized to me. So why am I talking about all this? Okay, it's because your definition of success is so individualized that you probably don't even realize it. Maybe no one's even had this kind of a conversation. Maybe no one who's a lawyer has ever had this kind of a conversation with you where you are really forced to sit here and figure out like, what is success to you really, and what can you do to achieve the level of success that you want to achieve without it being necessarily tied to an amount of money in the bank or uh, the kind of car you drive or any of that, right? So when I say success, that's exactly what I mean by it. And I really want you to listen to this series of podcasts with the, you know, success mindset and the success definition that I've defined here, because it's really going to be the thing that helps you create the kind of law practice and the, essentially the kind of law firm that you want to have. So when I work with my clients who are all solo and small law firms, right, they are coming into working with me with no idea of what kind of law practice they want to have. All they know is they want to make money. They're not sure how much money because they usually don't know like how much their lifestyle really costs them, which is a little bit scary. Um, But I find that usually lawyers like to hide behind numbers and not, you know, look at them at all. And so it's a really scary place to be if you don't know like what your lifestyle actually costs to you. So there's that. And then you also have to figure out for yourself, you know, how many hours do you want to work? I feel like that is a question that law promoters just completely overlook. Here's the reality, you left big law. You left practicing for someone else so you could have freedom. So you could choose your cases so you could work when you wanted to, pick the kids up from soccer, be home for dinner, drop them off to school. Or if you don't have kids, then you wanted to take a month off and go to Thailand and hang out on the beach or take three months off and go surf in Mexico. Whatever you wanted to do, right? You had a vision in mind of what that should look like. And I really want you to step back and see if you are working all of these hours to make x amount of money to make five hundred thousand, to make a million dollars what are you truly going to do with that money does your lifestyle need it and what's the trade-off right like if you could make two hundred thousand dollars every year and you just wait until year five to buy the mercedes or year five to take off a month Is that better for you if you're working 20 hours or 30 hours a week versus making $500,000 a year working crazy insane hours? It never slows down. You're wondering to yourself, God, is it ever going to slow down? When does it get easier? Why did you start your own practice? Like if you are wondering those things, I really want you to pause and take a step back and say, hey, do I have to work these 50 hours and How much is my time actually worth? Not your billable rate. No, no, no. I mean, like, really, how much is your time worth? How much is your sanity worth, right? It's so incredibly important for you to know that. And this is why I see so many miserable lawyers. It's because you came out of big law or came out of practicing at another firm and you're still thinking you need to work 60 to 80 hours a week. And that's not true, right? It might be true if you said to me, hey, Nermeen, I want to have 10 locations and I want 20 employees in every single location. Okay, then maybe you're going to be working those hours. But that is honestly far and few between like the kind of clients that I work with and the kind of law firm owners who are out there. Most solo and small practicing attorneys want to make enough to support their lifestyle, their family, maybe go on vacation. That number depending on the city that you live in, right? So if you're in like a top tier most expensive city, New York City, LA, wherever, right, like your number is gonna be higher. You're gonna need to be in like the three to four or five hundred thousand dollar range, depending on how many kids, do you have support, do you have debt, just a whole bunch of factors. If you're in like a tier two city, like maybe like a Dallas or Atlanta where I am, then you know, you can get away with two hundred thousand dollars a year. And if you're in like a tier three city, by that I don't mean it's like not a great city, I just mean cost of living wise, right? Like maybe you're in Boise or you're in, you know, uh, somewhere in Iowa or wherever else or Alabama, right? Like the cost of living is much, much lower. So you can totally get away with $100,000 a year, right? So I just wanna lay this out for you as a conversation topic because It's not what a lot of people are talking about, and instead, you know, I see a lot of these programs sort of forcing people into boxes of okay, if you're making this amount of money and you want to go to let's say from 250,000 to 500,000, then these are the steps that you need to follow. But wait, what are you going to do with the 500,000, right? Like, even if you made that kind of money, what are you going to do with it? And if you come and tell me you're mean, this is what I'm going to do with it, this is why I need it, you have a plan in place. So great. So amazing. So fantastic. I'm so happy that you know exactly what you're going to do with that money. Now do it. I will never stop you from making that kind of money. I think it's totally okay to be wealthy. I think if you want to be a millionaire for the sake of being a millionaire, you should be a millionaire, but also realize that there's a trade-off, right? So you're going to be chasing becoming a millionaire and the trade-off might be less time with your family, less time reading books or doing leisure activities, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. So really ask yourself, like, at what point is that dollar that you want to make not worth the time that you're going to have to spend because it's taking away from other leisure activities that are maybe worth $2 to you or $5 or whatever that is, right? Like, I really want you to start thinking about that. Now, here are a couple examples of like wildly successful law firms that my clients have gotten to from working together so one example um, one of my clients said you know what I work from here from home in the city that I live in let's say it's Virginia and you know I can work from Paris and I can absolutely do that because I'll be working from the city there it'll just be a different time zone but that's okay so this client moved her life from Virginia to Paris for several weeks and none of her business went away. In fact, she got exposed to more potential clients for her practice and she got so much just calm and freedom from being able to do that, right? Like when you're, when you feel like you're in this rat race and then you step out of it, you get completely new perspective. So that is exactly what she got I have another client who has a wife and two children and he's a personal injury attorney and his goal was to send his kids through college and that's what he wanted to save for so when we figured out what he needs to make every year based on this lifestyle goal that he has to be able to send both of his kids to college not grad school just undergrad he was able to figure out this is actually how much money he needs to make and then we worked backwards from there. We said, "Okay, so this number, based on the city that you live in, needs to be about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. So, how does your practice make three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year? Let's get you, you know, one support staff member and then one contract paralegal, and the three of you can work together on, um, on doing the client work. And then when it comes to marketing, you know, here are some of the options that you can explore." And this is what it looks like. And if you spend money on this agency, then visa, this is the ROI that you should be expecting, etc., etc. So again, wildly successful looks wildly different for everyone. Maybe for you, you wanna be able to take care of your aging parents. Maybe you wanna be able to pay for, you know, a certain retirement lifestyle for them. Maybe for you, success looks like taking Fridays off, but let's make that wild. Let's make it not just Fridays, but let's make it to where you only work 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. most days. What if success to you looked like moving to a city and working from there for four weeks out of the year every single year? Maybe you love surfing. Maybe you love boxing. Whatever your thing is that you love, if you want to do that, turn up the dial on it, and let's make it wild because that is what this program this podcast, everything I do is all about. I don't want you to just be successful. I want you to be wildly successful. So that wraps up this first episode. In the coming episodes, we're going to talk a lot about strategy. We're going to talk a lot about how you can become a wildly successful law firm owner. I'm so excited to have you join me in this series, and I can't wait to share the next episode with you. Bye.